Now, as you know, we've been discussing a brilliant piece of work from newsroom.co.nz who have revealed that a Ministry of Social Development initiative to provide emergency housing in fact made the housing crisis worse and lined the pockets of a small group of landlords and real estate letting agents who were in on the lurk. The investigation was undertaken by newsroom political reporter Dilipa Fonseca. He joins me now. Good morning to you and congratulations. Good morning. Thank you. Um, Although uh, I suppose there are a few winners, it seems, out of this whole policy and um, scheme, I guess, for lack of a better word. Apart from a few landlords who must have thought, you have got to be kidding me. This is brilliant. Yeah, well, I mean, and even um, whether they, whether you can call them landlords is also up for debate because it also seems, um, I guess, a lot of houses tied up in this may have been sublet without consent as well. That's true, as you point out in the story. An earlier caller said, surely this is corruption, but reading your story, it looked more like complete and utter ineptitude and maybe being overwhelmed by demand and too few houses to supply. Well, yeah, this is the, uh, I mean, it's a perennial problem in New Zealand, and uh, this doesn't seem to have made it better, which is we simply just don't have enough houses, um, all types of housing, you know, whether it be at the high end of the market or, um, in this case, the, you know, very low end. And adding to this, the kind of people who perhaps may be going uh, through this a scheme or grant scheme uh, are in need of a large number of wraparound services um, as well. And uh, obviously you're not going to necessarily get that by just putting them in a, um, uh, in a straight rental as well. No, that's quite true. But it seems that nobody checked on them. So for all of these wraparound services, how did MSD not know that some of these homes were uninhabitable? Yeah, and this goes to, I guess, your earlier point around, uh, well, you know, is it actually, you know, fraud? Is it is it corruption? And it seems to have happened with the full knowledge of MSD, although whether the minister had full oversight of that is um, a bit unclear. It seems that perhaps she didn't didn't know about it um, somehow. But the uh, the whole you know, scheme seems to have happened with the full knowledge of MSD, although they've said, um, you know, initially they weren't aware that landlords were sort of, you know, for these $3,000 a week that they were getting, um, they weren't aware that uh, landlords were, landlords or um, pretend landlords uh, were mm. taking these properties off the market and then um, and then putting, selling them through this grant scheme. But of course you would. I mean, if you would, if you only cared about money rather than being in it for the long term, and I'm grateful to have heard from landlords who are good landlords and reputable people, but of course you would. If you're going to get $3,000 for your dump that you were normally getting 360 a week for, you'd be in like a robber's dog. Yeah, and that's what even one of the um, emergency providers, as uh, who spoke to me uh, and, you know, said that she had put some rooms through this, although she said that, uh, you know, she had the full consent of people to do so. She was saying that uh, MSD, you know, didn't check up on these properties and also um, that, you know, they would basically just ring up and say, you know, have you got any, have you got any rooms? And um, uh, I mean, I guess they just didn't have any, and the people who, the social workers who were involved in all this have said that they were classed as marginal to uninhabitable um, and as, 
if you're not checking, I suppose, emergency housing as you go from tenant to tenant, you know, some tenants are going to take stuff out of the property um, yeah. as well when they yeah. leave because they're only in there for a week or two weeks. So if you think about that compounded over, you know, this scheme over two years. So if some of those properties were there at year one, um, uh, day one, year one, and, um, you know, weren't checked right the way through, uh, you can imagine, you know, even if they even if they had been checked out right at the start, if they weren't checked out every time, uh, you don't know what kind of state they might have been in at the end. No, but that's, that's a fundamental part of letting property, isn't it? That you do do the checks and you do make sure it's habitable. Yeah, and I mean, another failing in the system is the real estate agents who are involved. So we looked at our courts, Otahu, who haven't denied that uh, they rented sort of rooms out through the scheme, but they said that the landlords knew, although... Um, you know, a landlord that I've spoken to who um, was involved in this has heavily pushed back and they said no, uh, you know, he did not consent to point to parts in the agreement which, you know, would seem to indicate that he hadn't consented. Um, he, uh, you know, they also, you know, don't seem to have really cared that much about um, checking up on um, these properties. And I suppose if you were a landlord, you probably didn't have that much insight into it either if mm. you were just leaving it to the management company because the same a single tenant remained on um you know on the listed as your tenant for a long time um so i guess you know if you weren't personally checking the property you may not have you may not have noticed where i mean this is this is appalling isn't it i mean when you when you look at the amounts of money that's that's being thrown around here and it's it's almost like there are unscrupulous people who are willing to farm our most desperate to make money, and that's the people who, who are the landlords and the letting agents. But it's almost like MSD doesn't really care where these desperate people end up, so long as they can report back and say, oh, yes, look, we've housed these people. It doesn't seem to matter where they house them or at what cost, just so long as they tick a box. Yeah, well, that's a really good um, observation, I guess. And, you know, if you were looking at it as a reasonable person on the outside, um, you would think that perhaps that's what's happened here. We don't have, um, you know, within the big you know, bureaucracy of government, there seems to be a lot of different people who are responsible for each uh, individual silo of this problem rather than mm. looking at the whole thing. And, I mean, it is basically, if you went to the core of it, it is a supply issue of some sort, you know, of, you know, the type of housing that is needed and in the areas that it's needed not being made available, um, you know, and not enough of it being made available and uh, or and at the right price that people can actually afford it, afford it. And so, you know, instead of solving that problem, it seems we've kind of gone the other way and solved um, just the immediate short-term problem mm. of housing them and at great cost. I mean, um, we don't know the exact figures of how much went into this and they will, you know, come out, we hope, um, you know, uh, soon. But, I mean, the emergency housing grants, which went to just straight motels, uh, yeah. I think in the, I mean, I've seen reports that, you know, in 2018, it had run to something like $6.57 million at the beginning of, you know, 2018. And then, you know, by 2019, I think it had run to $23 million, um first three months of that year. And now if we look back on it and know that there was this kind of uh, parallel, I guess, grant scheme running with uh, residential homes, um, a portion of that 
possibly may have been um, these residential homes that were being rented out. But, you know, you're talking millions of dollars, mm. and you think if you were, you know, funding that into the community housing sector or um, or even just paying people more so that they could afford um, to buy housing, um, how much, you know, uh, you know, how many people could you house? Yeah, exactly. Uh, great story. Again, Dalipa, thank you. And thank you for your time this morning. Dalipa Fonseca, the newsroom political reporter who has uncovered the story of the MSD paying incredible amounts of money for substandard, uninhabitable accommodation in many cases. As we were talking about at the start of the show, newsroom.co.nz has uncovered what appears to be gross negligence on the part of the Ministry of Social Development, paying private landlords up to $3,000 per week for substandard houses to home desperate people. There appear to be no checks or balances, or very few. We've heard from other stories from around the country as well of MSD paying well above the odds to house people. Ministry of Social Development General Manager Housing Karen Hocking joins me now. Good morning to you. Oh, morning, Kerry. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, no, thank you for making the time. I mean, some people have said this is corrupt. Others have said inept. Others have said gross negligence. How would you describe it? Well, Kerry, our, our priority is that people don't sleep rough and have somewhere to stay overnight. We don't want families, and particularly those with children, sleeping in their cars. And we understand that the situation that we're talking about today wasn't ideal. However, at the time, we didn't have a whole lot of other options. Uh, our, our clients um, are often uh, not the first choice uh, for landlords. Uh, motels either didn't have the um, capacity or willingness to house particularly large families. And you know, if you think about it in the context, nationally we've got about 4,000 people in emergency housing at the moment and since 2018 there's been a 233% increase in requests for emergency housing. Mm, there has. I've, I've seen, and the wait time has grown exponentially as well for even the priority A clients, 53 days to 127. I get that it's a really tough job. But is there any sense of proportion when it comes to paying Three thousand dollars for a substandard house that was being let for five hundred. Yeah, look, Kerry, that's, that's um, you know, one of the one of the reasons that we've ceased using the private rentals, and we've really tried to. I think the key thing for us is actually we want New Zealanders to have a place to call home, and that's why we ask these suppliers to put these properties back on the rental market. We were in a situation for a period of time where we had very few other options and, you know, we needed to make sure that these families had somewhere safe. Um, and with the decline, I guess, in tourism, um, we are able to, um, there's more willingness and there's more um, supply of motels to be able to provide somewhere safe for people. And also to think about, you know, governments bringing on more transitional housing, bringing on more public housing. And our teams worked really hard with these landlords to try and encourage them to bring on these properties into the market. But in what universe is $3,000 reasonable to pay to somebody for a substandard home? Why, why weren't there the checks and balances to see that if you were paying three grand, at least you got one with a stove that worked? Well, Kira, I think uh, in many, in many, many, or the majority of these cases, they were large whānau, and we'd be paying something similar for large or motel, or for large or multiple motel rooms 
in the market during the period that we used these properties. Um, and, and these were larger houses that better suited the needs of, of our clients. Yeah, but they were still getting nowhere near 3000 not even close to $3,000 for them on the, on the open market. Now, Kerry, and that's exactly back on my point around why we want these properties back in the market, back in the market for people. And just our, our demand was just so significant at the time for emergency housing. We went with, um, you know, we went with an option that, as we said, wasn't ideal at the time. Okay, so somebody didn't see it through. They didn't see the big picture. It was a knee-jerk response to an immediate need. Yeah, and look, and landlords set the price, not MSD, and it was an immediate need, Kerry. It's, you know, it's really tough for our frontline staff when um, they've got families sitting in front of them with nowhere to sleep at night, and you know, there's these opportunities, and um, yeah, that's it's it was it was really tough. Okay, how much pressure is being put on you by the government to come up with delivery to reduce those numbers? Because Labour campaigned heavily after National was embarrassed by the level of homelessness. So they campaigned heavily that they would reduce it. In fact, that has not happened. The number of homeless has gone up, and God only knows what it's going to look like once the wage subsidies come off. So how much pressure are you getting as a government department to deliver when it's almost impossible to? Yeah. Look, Kerry, uh, MSD's role is about ensuring people have a, a, a place to stay overnight, um, or, or for as long as they need till they find sustainable housing. That's that's our role, and we do that by way of uh, emergency housing special needs grants to clients. Yeah. And how much pressure are you getting from the government to deliver? Because it's all about the numbers. If they can say, look, we've put this many people into into homes, it's going to look good for them, and that's what they campaigned on. Are you telling me you're not yeah. getting any pressure from from the government. No, so MSD's role is not to deliver housing solutions. MSD's role is to ensure that when clients present to us yeah. that we are supporting them with somewhere safe and sustainable and in supporting them into other solutions, be that the private market, be that public housing. That's right. Um, but that means that, you know, when you had people staying in cars under the national government, and that's what Labour were pointing the finger at, when Marae had to open up to allow the homeless in. You know, they were people who were transitional. They were people who were trying to find homes, and there were numbers on those. So, obviously, you know, the government is going to say to you, make sure we don't have people in Marae. Make sure we don't have people in cars. Oh, and I think, look, Kerry, none of us want people in cars. I mean, we want, you know, it's um, we want people in long-term solutions, but we, we're certainly not going to, um, we're going to do everything that we can to support people in their time of need. And, you know, why, we want people in homes and communities. And I guess the, the thing that I could say is, there are, uh, we want landlords to give our people a chance. There are plenty of properties out on the market and people, uh, landlords don't want to rent them to um, what they perceive as our clients. And this would be my message, please. You know, everybody deserves a place. They need to be part of a community. And public housing is not the only solution for people. 
You know, no. we're talking about people with, we're talking about wonderful families with that work. You know, everyday New Zealanders are finding find themselves in these situations. Um, you know, Kerry would encourage the Airbnb people to put their properties back on the market. This is this is what it's about. Supply is not just the sole responsibility of the government. No, and I absolutely get that. But as custodians of the public purse, do you not think you have an accountability to the taxpayer when you're spending penthouse rates on a shoddy, squalid dump? Yeah, look, Kerry, I, um, from an MSBD perspective in terms of the tax office, we do a lot of, we, we provide an immediate response. However, we're always looking, one of our primary roles is linking people to employment. That helps them improve their housing outcomes. Um, yeah, our our role is um, uh, not that of um, uh, you know, bringing on public housing supply. Mind we have yeah. yeah. I understand that, and I understand it's a really, really tough job, and you, especially for your frontline workers. But I am just wondering how much pressure you are getting, and and whether in fact that is informing the poor decisions that were made around this. Look, Kerry, as I said, it was a it was a solution at a time. Um, it wasn't ideal, and um, the pressure comes from from the. The, the, the demand and supply, the demand and supply people, um, the demand and supply that we're facing out in the housing market. And as I said, it is not just, um, it's not only our government that, that can solve that, it's about people's willingness to give people a chance in their property. I thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Kerry. Karen Hocking, General Manager of Housing for the Ministry of Social Development.